welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood, guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, despair, tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Real Zodiac. I am Amanda and with me, as always, is the cookie monster to my big bird, Squinton. <laughs> I never know what you're going to say. I love it. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, good, good. And we are joined today by, with uh, our friend Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. Uh, but yes, uh, today we are covering a 2019 film that has just been released on demand this year, um, Our Friend. And uh, yeah, I think it was just only released at the Toronto International Film Festival back in 2019. But yeah, this movie was brought to us by Brian, suggested. So how did you find out oh. about this one, Brian? Uh, I go through like the different. I, I went through the Marcus Werenberg app. It's a theater, and I was seeing like what they had showing because they had just reopened, and I saw this movie, and it was one that I kept putting off, and I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it in video on demand. I wish I would have seen it. Maybe I'm glad I didn't see it in the theater. To be quite honest with you, I would have been a wreck. <laughs> So maybe it was good that I saw it at home. And honestly, the first time that I watched this, I had to kind of divvy it up into three different viewings because it's a lot. And so um, I saw this uh, at home, but I found out about it on the theater app. And I was like, you know, I these actors, I think all of them are pretty talented. And I was uh, the story just seemed like uh, like like a, like an interesting story. So I was like, let me check it out. It sounded depressing. And I like stuff that makes me feel things i like to have a good cry <laughs> and so i was like let's strap in and watch this and and um yeah we'll we'll unpack it and talk about it but that's mm -hmm. how i found out about it so yeah. this is your fault dude every time <laughs> i get on your podcast from now on all i do is like bring up like these tearjerker movies like last time it was <laughs> It was Warrior, and we're all bawling at the end of Warrior, and here we are <laughs> with our friend. And I felt like I cried the entire fucking movie. So mm, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, we'll get into it, but yeah, I texted Amanda and I said, I don't know, I don't know how the hell I'm going to be able to talk about this, you know, with <laughs> with dry eyes. Fuck. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually was able to watch this one in the theater, and I was essentially the only other person until two other people showed up and sat in the very back but I was by myself right in the middle but yeah I made sure to have a lot of extra napkins and tissue to watch this one <sighs> yeah I 
I mean, when you're dealing with a film and we're kind of getting into uh, spoilers here, but when you're dealing with a film that deals with cancer and it's in such a close and intimate way, there's no way that a person who maybe even dealt with somebody who has had cancer or passed away from cancer to watch this film and not feel anything because um, we're going to get into it. But like these three actors that like grace the screen with this story, they are just killing the roles. They are just really diving into this emotional um, film that seriously, like I, couldn't believe that these are actors, you know, and I've seen these, I've seen all these actors in different things. And it just felt like this close and intimate family that you, you have to sell it. You have to sell it to the audience and man, did they sell it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, just to kind of describe our friend a little bit, I mean, just the, the quick description that they have online, a caring man puts his own life on hold to help out his friends a couple who is facing a devastating crisis. But um, yeah, this film came from an Esquire article titled The Friend, which was written by Matthew Teague. And yeah, I had no idea that this was based on an actual story. <laughs> Until the end or <laughs> yeah. going into it? Really? Yeah, that <laughs> that would have been made it like... I don't know, like even I, I was more. on the floor of the theater at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I was I'm in the same position. I had no idea that it was based on a true story until the very end. No idea. And then I was just like, holy shit, this is based on a true story, and it hit me that much harder. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, with this we have uh, Dakota Johnson playing Nicole, Jason Siegel, um, Dane, and Casey Affleck, who's Matthew Matthew Teague, the one who wrote the original story. I'm going to say that Dakota Johnson has come a long way since Fifty Shades. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See, I can't even say that because I've seen her in this and Peanut Butter Falcon. I've never stepped foot on uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. So, like, I, I can't even, like, compare her to those. All I can do is compare her to Peanut Butter Falcon, and that seemed like it just a uh, – kind of laid back and she was just she was there in the film but like kind of as a minor character for a while but here like she's at the forefront and so yeah can you talk about just what do you what do you mean by that like how how has she grown so much I mean was she not as good in 50 shades or or what well I mean no she's good for what it is I mean it's it's just it's one of those movies that is just kind of like the book was basically a hit with a lot of female uh, readers and it's a book that's supposed to just be kind of, I guess, I don't know, somewhat erotic. I don't find it erotic. I find that 50 shades, you know, like that, that whole side of that culture and stuff like that. It's fine that people are into it. It's just, it's not anything that I'm into. So I think it was just, kind of catering to the like BDSM community in a way not everybody right. in that community loved it but that's what that movie was for I don't really think that that movie was meant to ever qualify for an Oscar or anything <laughs> like that it was basically it knew what it was and it was basically catering to a certain group of people um, that enjoyed and read those books and 
it's it's I I kind of equate it to Kristen Stewart on the Twilight movies mm-hmm. making that kind of like dramatic push and then her push into comedy and stuff like that. She's moved on to different things, but we knew what Twilight was. It was for the YA sparkly teen vampire kids that love that kind of stuff, you know? Right. Um, and same thing with, with, uh, <laughs> with the, the 50, uh, with the 50 shades stuff. And so I just think like, she's really come a long way as a dramatic actor here uh, mm-hmm. before she was just being manipulated by a guy that's into BDSM. And I, this is now it's a completely a completely new thing. And so, and I only saw the first 50 shades, so I don't know if like her character changed over the next one or two movies or whatever they made. So don't get on my ass about that. <laughs> well, I was like, I was really wanting to see her character arc throughout these films, man. That's what I wanted from you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I take it, I'll take you down that whole road. Quentin. <laughs> that's going to be, uh, that's what we're going to be doing in March. It's all 50 shades. Yeah. Retrospective coming, coming soon with uh, just 50 shades. And it's just Brian and I. It's, no and and in, <laughs> to keep with the theme, it's going to be 50 episodes dropped in a month. <laughs> 50 shades of pod, and you're just going to get 50 episodes dumped on you in the, oh mar- in the month of March. You can do right. that just like in a comical way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That could no, actually but... be entertaining. I don't think so. I don't think we need to really dive into that. But I do want to say that I think that she has done an amazing job with her role in this film. And like, I can't, I can't, like I said, I can't really compare her to many things, but she blew me away with this performance of just being, you know, powerful in the earlier scenes. And by earlier, I mean like in the earlier year scenes and then just being so like, weak and fragile but still trying to have this strong heart i don't know like she it it takes a special person to be able to make make it seem like she is still so powerful in such like a weak mind or a weak uh frame well she Mm -hmm. had such range i mean not only like you're talking about two parts of her in this movie but there's also another uh another part of this movie where you know, he is being told that, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And um, and we see her kind of like she's got uh, the problems with with her brain now. And and she starts to act out and get angry and stuff like that. She really pulled that off well, too. Um, so, I mean, yeah, she's got amazing range as an actor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She definitely tugged at my heartstrings, and then just her with the two little girls, that was just heartbreaking. Yeah. I think it was very those, – those little girls really did a great job, too. Like, just what they were given and the way that they act with uh, Casey Affleck's character, I just – I mean, we'll get we'll get to the end. I don't want to get to the end right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just it, there were a lot of things about this film that really took it home for me. Mm-hmm. I I want to. I mean, basically, like I, I don't know how you guys want to like open this discussion up, but it it it's titled "Our Friend" because our 
our main character of Casey Affleck, he plays Matthew. He's a writer. And this is based off of his writings. And he thought his friend Dane that basically helped them throughout this whole process. Um, and we can unpack these characters, too. But his friend Dane, he thought that this was all being written about her. And what's so beautiful about this story is at the end, we find out that it's written about our friend because he was both of their friends. Mm -hmm. And it was. And this and it makes you it's at the end of this movie, that's what hit me so much. Watching what Dane did throughout this entire movie, putting all of this on his shoulders, a guy that, you know, can't even he can't even handle his own life in a lot of ways. And here mm -hmm. he is taking on somebody else's problems. And then just to, just to realize at the end of this movie that this is based on a real human being. This person existed and did these things for these people is just heart wrenching and, and commendable and amazing and a beautiful story of friendship. Oh, absolutely. I love how, uh, yeah, like you said, he, couldn't almost get his life together, but he was there for them in taking <clears throat> taking on so many different things. And even with that, like he he was their friend, but, you know, there were a lot of those scenes where it was just the family and he had to be by himself handling all of the emotions, too. And that stuff uh, broke my heart. Yeah, they did a really good job with kind of starting out the film like that, like the family had that family moment where they have to tell, you know, the kids what's happening to their mom and he's just on the porch. How did okay. you guys feel about the time jumping? At first I, it was kind of confusing, mm -hmm. but I think the more, and I think the more you get into the movie, the more you just you you accept it and it works. But at first I was like, OK, where are we now? And I think that they did a really good job, too, of like showing how much that they aged. I mean, Casey Affleck, when they showed him, what was it like 11, 13 years prior? He looked like he was in his 20s. It was unreal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you're talking about a guy who's probably in, in his early 40s. And he just looked super young. But like when they aged him, we saw a little bit of like the, you know, salt in his beard and stuff like that. He'd start to got a little, you know, gray in the beard and stuff like that. But what did you guys think about like the bouncing around from time period, you know, from different times in this in this family, in this in this friendship? Did it work for you? At Like for me, it eventually worked. At first, it was kind of like a little jarring and I had to like get my bearings as to like, OK, where are we now? Where are we now? Yeah, if you blinked during the the little time card, I guess, um, you would definitely miss something. Um, yeah, the first half of the movie, it was a little, it felt a little clunky. But then after it kept, you know, jumping back and forth, I was like, you know, I guess I accepted it. Like, this is the movie. And I guess the director, she said the reason for that is she didn't want a timeline to a dark end she didn't want to go linear yeah i think that was the smartest way to do it i will say that at the beginning i felt like it was a little annoying because i'm just like oh my gosh can i i just i need to know more of what's happening you know 
now with what they're giving us. And then they immediately go back in time. And I'm like, oh, no. But to be honest, it's and I'm trying to, like, find a better word, but it's like a. The ending is. Is better because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say it's it's worth the wait because that's horrible, but like it's it just it makes for an ending that you can go with even more because, you know, all these parts that happened before and then after and then before again, if that makes sense. It makes sense. I also after a while, I started to appreciate going back, going forward, going back, because like there'd be a timer. It'd be like, OK, now Dane is single, not in a relationship. He's interested in this girl in the theater. And then they do a jump forward and we see her with the guy that she had a crush on, that Aaron guy. Mm-hmm. And right. but, Dane, but Dane's in a completely <laughs> different relationship. And so it's like, OK, now here's where we are. But throughout all of this, like Dane has the same job. Dane's station in life has not moved at all. And so like he's not mo- he feels like he's not moving forward as a person here. And like as much as this is a story about like her and, you know, and 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 her terminal illness, it's also I think a lot because the title, it's it's about Dane, too. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And I'm glad you say that because to me, I'm looking at the film as, okay, this is Jason Siegel's film. But I just kept finding myself, like, being pulled to Casey Affleck's character. And, I mean, Casey Affleck did such an amazing job. And at first, I was like, ah, I don't know, like, if if he's, like, really selling it at the beginning. But as the film goes on, it just seems like he becomes my favorite character to watch because he's going through so much. And I mean, I know the focus is mostly on the relationship between Matt, Nicole and Dane, but just the scenes where we see Matt just taking in all this stress and I'm just sitting there thinking he is just so believable. Oh gosh. Yeah. In that scene, like, you know, after, you know, the diagnosis had progressed and, Dane comes into the house where he's like, I have to go take care of my friend and, you know, I have to, I have to be there, <clears throat> be there for these people. And he walks into the house and it's just like a wreck. Like you just, without even um, hearing anything from Matt, you just see that there's like stress, depression, like he can't handle all of what's going on just with the pileup of the clothes the kitchen and Dane just comes in, you know, like quietly and just starts picking things up and cleaning the dishes and organizing things. And that's extremely real. What a wonderful, what a wonderful person. Like, like, like this person exists. Uh, And, and that's the thing is I think throughout the years we see Matthew who basically was kind of, um, you know, uh, she, Dane started off as his wife's friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the story goes on, Matthew starts to, you know, form a friendship with him. But then there's like they have that dinner scene where Aaron is talking shit about oh, Dane. Oh, God, fuck Aaron. I 
And then Matthew says nothing, really. Like, they all kind of just like, oh, yeah, he, you know, he's still living in his mom's basement and all this shit. And I can't believe, you know, you're still friends with him and blah, 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 and all this shit. And then it happens again. We do a fast forward to years later. And this mm-hmm. is like after, you know, Dane has been helping out around the house, helping with the girls, being emotional support. And like, then Aaron starts talking shit about him again. And he and Matthew at this point finally grabs his nuts and says, you know, the only reason that we tolerate you is because of your girlfriend. We're her friend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, Aaron's like, I'm going to let that slide this time, bro, because I know you're going through a lot right now. He's like, no, I'm letting you slide. And when you two break up, let me know, because I want to come over to your house and punch you in the face. And oh, I fucking. I fuck. It was one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. in the movie, and I fucking fist pumped. I was so happy for him in Me that moment. Me too. Because somebody needed to shut that guy up. That guy needed to hear that. Yep. Oh gosh. Yeah. I hated that dinner scene where they just kind of sat around, and you know, uh, Nicole did say a little bit of something. She's like, guys, guys, you know, just, just let's not. He's our friend. Let's just not talk about him anymore. But yeah, when Matthew comes out and says that I did the same thing like I wanted to stand up in the theater and just be like screw you Aaron take that exactly fuck you Aaron I hated that but that <laughs> that actor was so good at playing that douchebag because I mm-hmm. hated him he was like Roddy Roddy Piper in the WWF he was the heel that everyone <laughs> he's the heel that everyone hated like everybody wanted to beat the shit out of him because he had such a mouth on him, but he he acted that he played that part so well for the limited time he was in the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it did show the progression of the closeness between Dane and Matthew. Yeah, a lot of things bookend each other in this. It's really cool that way. What did you guys but, think when Gwendolyn Christie showed up? I loved it. I couldn't believe it. I like had to go on IMDb and check it because I'm like, that's there's no way. And yeah, she was right there. And what a great just little scene for Dane. Well, and the thing is, when I was watching that scene and seeing um, Dane was having his what he was at his parents' house and he finally was just like he was having a moment and packed up all this stuff and went to go hiking in the Grand Canyon. Or wherever that was. That was the Grand Canyon, right? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I got the feeling. I was like, he's doing this. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, I know he wants to be alone. And he's trying to maybe sort things out. And this is just his way of doing it. But at the same time, I did have that dread feeling. Even though I know nothing happened. Because we see him at the beginning of the movie. Which is the end. But um, but I did definitely have that that dread where I was just like, is he, you know, like contemplating things? Is he thinking like, you know, is he having negative thoughts about himself? Is he like thinking about self-worth? killing him? Is he thinking yep. about suicide? 100% yep. he was thinking about suicide. Mm-hmm. And I and mean, then, the right person came into his life at that moment. Do you think that that is true? Do you think that there really was or do you think that was Hollywood stuff? Do you think that there really was a woman that met him out there and that gave him like this? This talk, I mean, that. I think there, I think I haven't read the article, probably should have done that, maybe. But um, I do think that maybe Dane and Matthew were close enough that there was a discussion at some point where he's like, yeah, I was at this low point. But the stranger came in and 
you know, gave me gave me perspective. Yeah. And, and what, here's the thing with Hollywood. It, it could have been a completely different scene. It could have been a completely different person. All this stuff. They they it's based on something that happened, but they change it completely because they want to do a scenery change. And, you know, let's change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Let's give people a scenery change here. And then let's OK, then we, we've got Gwendolyn Christie. We can throw her into this role, blah, 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 blah. It just makes me wonder. And I'm saying it doesn't take anything away from the movie. The movie's still powerful. I'm just saying it makes me wonder, like, did that even really happen? with that character in that place and, and stuff. It's just, it's stuff I think about, you know, you find mm-hmm. you st- for years we find out stuff that's like, you know, we watch these movies and it's based on a true story. And then we find out like the real truth comes out. Like the whole ending to Rudy is bullshit. Most of the movie is <laughs> bullshit, you know, like all the players didn't fucking put their jerseys down on the table and all that stuff, you know? So, right. And, and, but, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this is a big deal, but it just makes me wonder if this was because, you know, that I think that that would have been a cool like when they're showing all the pictures at the end. It would have been cool to see, like, the picture of that woman, you know, that's true. You're right. I I thought about that, too, Brian, because Hollywood, Hollywood likes to do that where they like to make a scene more than it is, obviously, because, I mean, there's a reason why we have movies, because life can be boring, you know, so like. They want to add something to it. I I would have liked to have thought that she was there. But in reality, I could have easily seen that he saw that he got a call from Matt, you know, just with all the kids in the background. And then, you know, his wife, Nicole, saying, what does she call him? Uh, Fruit Loop? Yeah. Like, that could have been a turning point for him, too. But I think that this added more way to the situation because she's there. She's flat out saying like, I wanted to kill myself too, but look what I have now. And then this like changed the tide for him. And then this was an extra push was getting that phone call from, from Matt. Oh which gosh. I love that he listened to it twice. And the first time like he listens to it, he just breaks down. And then the second time he hears it, he smiles, you know, Mm-hmm. And like that laughs. is so great. Yeah, I just I thought that was such a powerful little scene that I don't know just really spoke to me. Oh yeah, I love that bit, and I agree with you, Quentin. I love it that he listened to it twice because oh yeah, that was one of the other times I broke down. It's like the first time he listens to it. Like as soon as it started, I was like, oh gosh, I can't it's- handle this. It's what he needed. It was a lifeline. You ever get that message from somebody you really care about and then you or a letter and you can't stop reading it. You can't stop listening to it. It's the same thing here. It's like he felt needed. He felt loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody wants him. Yeah. People care about him. Oh, so good. I don't know anything about this director. Yeah, Cat- she she did. um that movie about <clears throat> the documentary about the whales. And that's about all I know. Oh yeah. Black Blackfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did the uh, Megan Le- Levy or Levy movie with uh, Kate Mara. Do you know, I, do you know what I'm talking about? I have <laughs> not seen that. I know who Kate Mara is, but I haven't seen it's, this movie. It's uh, the Marine Corporal who has a unique bond with her military combat dog. I, I saw um, commercials for it, but I yeah, I never saw it. But that was in 2017. 
Oh my god, she just likes to make shit that makes people cry. <laughs> yeah, I. It's I like don't I'm think not watching a movie it. about a about a dog. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've still never seen Marley and Me, and I never will watch it. Never, never in my life does that ever seem like a fun thing to do. <laughs> oh gosh, when I found out about that website, you know, does the dog die? Great, greatest website ever. Oh, for like movie, they 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 just tell you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something about that, but um. Don't I, go there on don't go there on April Fool's Day. They lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm, that's a joke. <laughs> that would be fucked up if they're like, no, Old Yeller doesn't die in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that is just a hoax. Yeah. Watch I mean, it. You, you get a text two hours later. April Fools, you know. It's like. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking but, of a dog dying, that happens in this film. I know. <laughs> so it's like, and, and they like snuck it in too. Oh, so. But then you see, but then you see the dog come back in a, in you know, a past scene or past yeah. bit, which I I love that. But I oh my I yeah, I saw I can't uh yeah whatever that scene killed me. But they're like, something's wrong with the dog. I was like, oh, God, nope, 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 nope. But Dane is put with that responsibility to put the dog down, even though, like, the girls, and especially Molly, the older daughter, is like, he's my dog. Like, I should be there. And he's like, well, your dad gave me these rules, and this is this is what we're going to do. I felt like that was a <sighs> perfect test for him. Mm-hmm. To see if he could actually go through with this. And, I mean, obviously, that sucks. That is a horrible situation. But it shows the length you'll go to for this family mm-hmm. right in the beginning. And I think that that's what it was supposed to be. And that's why we were we were with that scene first rather than anything else. Because we needed to see how strong um, Dane could be for this family. That's not even his. Mm-hmm. And... I think that just sets up his character so well, too, because right. you know that he doesn't think of himself this way. And you can tell it in that scene. But he is all of that. He is that amazing and that strong. And just even when he, you know, goes back to the hospital and talks with Matthew and he's like, uh, Molly's pissed. Like, you know, like you're going to have to. She's pretty upset about the whole dog situation. And just those little back and forths, like with those different situations and dealing with different things. Oh, I don't know. What a good friend. Right. <laughs> um, poor Booper. I know. I was I was going to say that I think they did a really good job of um, giving us that first scene that we have where, I mean, it's somber as hell. With like them having to tell the the kids that she is going to die, but then immediately after that we get the scene of them like young and in love, and we have kind of the intro to Dane and Matt meeting, which mm-hmm. is as awkward as hell as it needs to be, you know, because he's like, hey man, I'm sorry I asked out your wife. I didn't know that you were married, and just like it's it's that light conversations that you get in the beginning and then you go from that to uh, towards the end where you have them both crying over Nicole. Like it just, the growth in this film 
is so astronomical and just the way that they like carry these characters. I mean, if you can't tell this film was so well done, <laughs> just the way that we're talking about it. I mean, they did such a great job with moving these characters along throughout this whole film, even if they're showing us past scenes and then um, future or present scenes. It's just, they take their time with these characters and fleshing out them in each scene and each like challenge and everything that they've gone through. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that first scene and how just pinnacle it is for them to meet and just kind of see where they go from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then like when they first hang out at the bar and I love that um, Jason Siegel, uh he looks so scruffy and frumpy. I mean, he, he was the epitome of a, a stagehand in a theater. <laughs> right. <laughs> you uh, know that better than any of us, so. Yeah. <laughs> now, their marriage is not perfect, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So my question to you guys is, were you falling for Matthew being the one that cheated, or did you kind of pick up that there was something going on with that guy in the theater? Because I, uh, at first, at first, I thought like, oh, Matthew might do something with that woman in the hotel. But when he said no, I was like, okay. But then he went back on, on another trip, and I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe that's when he hooks up with her, when they go back out. Like, this time he, he fucking gives in. Mm-hmm. But then uh, as soon as we saw that guy and he showed up to the house with mm-hmm. his wife, I I could tell the the way she revered this guy, that that this guy in a, you know, in a place of power there, he kind of uh, seduced her. And I was like, OK, yeah, I think it's her. I think it's her. Now I think it's her. Yeah, I fell I for they, it. <laughs> I, I was too analytical. But, yeah, when that theater guy showed up at the house with the wine and she like gushes over him like oh he's a blah, 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 blah. he's amazing this 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 and this and that and the wife is like yeah and i'm his wife i was like oh uh-huh. uh-oh. and uh-oh. i think even the, i think even the wife has her suspicions and that's why she mm-hmm. said that yep just that little tiny scene i was just like oh there was an affair mentioned earlier i was like i think this is it i think that's that's what it is but you know i she was like, he he was off, you know, and I know he was doing his job and um, providing for his family, like crazy, crazy countries doing like in his journalist stuff. But she did make the statement. She's like, I didn't I didn't agree to be a single mother, you know. So that that struggle had to be real. Yeah, I. And I feel, yeah, I'm I'm just going to say, I definitely felt for it. I thought it was going to be, be him the whole time. And then as soon as he pulled up the email, like me with the rest of the audience was like, oh, shit, you know, like he sees the email and he goes in there to wake her up and he immediately thinks it's his fault. Like he mm-hmm. thinks, what, what did, what, what can't you tell me? You know, like, cause he himself couldn't think anything of his wife cheating on him. I because... was as soon as he read that, I was like, dude, it ain't talking about you. That right. has <laughs> nothing to do with you, man. Oh, but who is she emailing? Who else knew about this? Yeah. And I thought for a second, could it be 
Dane. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it was Dane. It was probably who's the who's the girl? Was it Evie? Not no. Who was uh, the cat? No, not cat. Cat was Dane's girlfriend. Her friend. the other theater gal. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking it might be her. Right, because of how they were talking about him when they were letting him into their house. She was right. like, "Is this Charlotte. the guy you're talking about?" So. Ah, yep. That's probably who it was. Oh, crazy, crazy. But I love that he, instead of just going ahead and leaving and not saying anything, he went like to her to, to address it. And then when he comes back and all that poor wine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had a legit reason to be angry. I mean, because, yeah, in his head, he's like, I had every opportunity that I could have done this, but I didn't. And, yeah. Yeah, she fucked another guy. Mm-hmm. And then she tried to, didn't she try to lie about it and say they just kissed or something? Yeah. Yeah. And she said, I just had a crush. You know, like, it's just peeling back the layers every single, like, second. And he's like, come on, just give me the truth. And I and the thing that got me was whenever she's in hysterics after her book club meeting. And this is obviously more into the present. And like she says, give me my phone and you're a coward. That's why I fucked another guy. Like, it's just all of that. Uh. It's oh, my gosh, just the emotions there. And then you have Dane in the middle of it, you know, just trying to diffuse the situation and. I don't know, like, that's why the pacing, Brian, whenever we were talking about it at first, like, it was a little off. But the pacing of this movie was perfect with the way that they did those scenes because you have those moments and those emotions. And having it be the mystery of, okay, there was an affair whenever they were talking about it in the grocery store. Then you're seeing the affair, um, like, take take place. And then you have that scene afterwards. It just, it fits so well into the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. And uh, if we all could just have a friend like this guy. Mm. And I just couldn't get over um, just the concept of like. They definitely put it out there that, you know, he doesn't think greatly of himself. And obviously, you know, people don't think that he has his life together or whatnot, but. He's actually, you know, the just such a strong person for his friends and does these amazing things and diffuses situations and tries to be like, hey, man, don't go on that trip. Don't go on the trip. Like, I think you should stay here. The way he takes care of the kids, just just fantastic. And I kind of was pissed off at his girlfriend, to be honest. Right. And I love that actress. She was she was. Recently on uh, the show, A Teacher, um, and like I just I love seeing her in these roles because she's really good at just being um, like a supporting character and really just moving the plot along. She's done that in A Teacher and then having it here where, you know, she's like, are you sure that you should be doing this? Like you're kind of just waiting on them hand and foot. And he like is obviously you know, offended by that because he feels like he's doing good. 
He feels mm-hmm. like he's he finally has a purpose, and she's trying to take that away from him. Yeah. But then, like, you have to look at her point of view as well as, you know, you're waiting on this family. What about me? What about a life where you don't have to do that? You know, like, I don't know. It, it can be taken both ways. But, I mean, obviously, we're on the side of Dane because he's doing such a damn good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I, I've, I've watched my family go through. A situation like this with my my with my grandma and right. I definitely you know elements of this movie definitely took me back to some of those situations but when it it's something like that with cancer and you just see the timeline I don't know you just I think you have to be in support that situation I don't know, <laughs> be more understanding. So I, right. I I get it. Like you said, Quentin, like you see it from her perspective. I get it 100 percent. But it's it's sad to say, but there is a timeline on the other side of that situation where it's just like, let me get through this and let 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 this happen. And, you know, support me in this and we'll we'll get through it this way. Exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. The timeline, I mean, it's a lot shorter than the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my gosh. But just again, I'm just this. kind of that person, so. <laughs> right. Brian, what, yes. what do you think? Uh, I Well, if we're, if we're going to talk about, like, how this, like, personally, I, I remember when my grandmother uh, was dying and so um we kind of saw her like mind slowly go and it was that that thought was flooding me while I was watching this movie mm-hmm. if I, I if I you know so um and um but one of the most beautiful parts in this movie is when he takes her out to the beach oh dude I was I couldn't like I was you're talking about like towards the end, right? Yeah, yeah. I there that's that's whenever I honestly had to watch this movie or watch like those scenes three times because I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Aww. Because yeah. I'm just I'm sitting there and just watching. And, like when her eyes open, I'm done. Just because she seems so out of it for so long, mm-hmm. and then she opens her eyes and we see we see so the glad. world through her eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And just how powerful. And then Jason, I mean, uh, Dane's character and just seeing him with um, with Faith, like just crying on the on the swing set. Dude. Oh, I, I like I said, man, I don't know if I can do this, man. <laughs> oh, when <laughs> Sherry Jones showed up as the hospice caretaker, I just I like little roles that she does like this because I feel like. This is how she, who she is as a person in real life. But she comes in and she has the pink streaks in her hair and she's just like trying to be upbeat and cheerful. She can read the room. I mean, I have a few clients that do hospice and this is how they are. Like this is always their kind of like personality. And these people are gifted with this ability to, you know, take care of the situation where they're not just taking care of their patient. They're also taking care of the family in a way too and 
Oh, gosh. She showed up in her coveralls, her pink streaks, and she's like, well, what about this? Well, we'll open up the window. We'll do this. We'll do that. And then when she finally comes back in to address uh, Matthew, and she's like, how long has she been like this? And he's like, I haven't recognized my wife in four months. Like, she's like, you boys have been doing this yourselves this whole time. Like, ugh. Yeah, just punch him in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it took. Oh, but I, uh, Cherry Jones, that was that was wonderful casting. Perfect. I think everyone is really well cast in this movie. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, there's there's moments that are funny in this movie too. I know we're talking about all the dark stuff, but I mean, there are moments where you laugh with these characters. I love like seeing like Jason Segel with the daughters and like making them giggle and stuff like that. The youngest daughter was just <laughs> adorable. And so oh, like, when, he, yeah. when he could get her to laugh, that was good. And like, they needed a clown in their life. Cause dad wasn't there for him mm-hmm. um, with all the, with all the work. And he thinks he's doing the right thing for the fi- family financially and all this stuff. But at the same time, he's like losing his daughter, his oldest daughter. And um, I don't know, man, it's just, uh, did it say at the end of the movie that he remarried? I didn't read anything like that. I don't that. think so. I didn't, I didn't read that. Yeah. Yeah. We know that Dane did. He he married, which is nice. But yeah, I don't I don't think Matt remarried. Oh, can we just can we just go ahead and rip the bandaid off and talk about this these last 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, let's let's start to I don't know. I can't talk about this movie for too much. It's going to Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just let's, let's, I'm going to say my piece and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys, cuz I yeah. I kind of had to write it down because if I if if I go off, it's just going to it's going to get ugly. Oh, but, I've been tearing up during the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last 15 minutes I had to watch, like I said, multiple times through like so many tears, because the big thing when I cry is I immediately put my hands on my face because I'm just like trying to get rid of the tears as fast as they're coming. And the scene where he looks at the letters that she wrote for her daughters, I like that was a breaking point for me. But then again, the scene where he's making her daughter's food and she like and he puts like some food out for Dane again, got me. And then the scene after the funeral where Matt is just holding his daughters, I was done like everything about that. And obviously the 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 scene where he gives his daughters the letters and telling them the directions of just like you need to read these whenever the time comes. I mean, I was it was over. Like I'm sitting there like this is something that you're trying your best to um, understand the situation. And like it's just been this build up so long. And then you have like this continuous scenes where it's just the aftermath of after she's she died. And I mean, it's just I can't imagine one person watching this with a dry eye. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The scene that was really powerful for me was when they're listening to her heartbeat and they're mm-hmm. getting they're getting ready for her to go. It's it's a moment where it's a moment of sadness and loss, but there's also it's also a moment of relief because mm-hmm. she doesn't have to suffer anymore and they don't have to suffer in watching her suffer anymore. Now, they're going to have to suffer the loss, but I feel like they've already been. I feel like they've already felt like they have lost her. They've yeah. they've been they've been preparing themselves for this for quite some time. 
but it's right. listening to those it's seeing those last few breaths or hearing the last heartbeat and then knowing that she's gone is um I don't think I've seen another movie do it the way that this one did it. It just felt so authentic and so real and so incredibly sad. Ah, oh, it was a real powerful scene for me. Mhm. Absolutely. It was Dane crying that got me the first time. Like it was I mean, yeah, we've seen we've seen um Matt cry throughout this film, but like seeing Dane break down and just like putting his his uh his hand on Matt's back as he's just crying on Nicole like that that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I do have to say I love um, when they get the, uh, uh, I guess, the the timeline of the six months. And then Nicole basically makes her wish list of the to-do list of all the things. I I thought we were going to get a cameo of Katy Perry in this film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, that didn't happen. Right. So, but with all of, um, I don't know, it just, that scene, again, I don't know, it just made me think where it's just like, do the things, people. Like, <laughs> you know, enjoy life because you just never know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those final scenes with the last breath, I think you're right, uh, Brian and saying like they'd already had been suffering this whole time and they pretty much had already lost her. And uh, Quentin, you were talking about like the food being set out for Dane where he, he goes through his grieving period because he was such a stronghold for this family, but he needed, he needed his time to grieve in a different way. And I thought that was really well done. The Led Zeppelin songs. Can we just say that they were put so perfectly in this film? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and I found out that creators got approval for the Led Zeppelin music just days before the film's release. At, right. Uh, wow. At yeah. Oh, that's uh, awesome. The use of going to California was literally so perfect, and I don't know if I can ever listen to this song the same you know, <laughs> without thinking about this film. So, again, thank you, Brian. I know it's all my fault (laughs) Uh. I I know I just also like that scene where Dane's leaving you know his you know his grief being closed up in that room and then he loads up his vehicle and he's like it's time for me to leave it's time for me to head out and they have their long hug and then um Matthew's on the phone with like, you know, another parent or whatever, trying to figure out stuff for the kids. But then he's like, hold on a moment. And he just like puts the phone aside when he's sitting on the couch. That was a brilliant moment, too. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back. And he's like, I'm sorry, I had to say goodbye to a friend. Like, uh, loved it. So, yeah, if you all have had a rough past year or something and need a good cry, this is the movie to watch. Very much. 
Very much. <laughs> but, I mean, is there anything else that you guys want to say before we kind of wrap this one up and rate it? No. Um, yeah, I have to get going here pretty soon. My dad is blowing my phone up right now, and I don't no, know what's no going problem. on. I think, I think everything should be okay. Um, I think this is a movie that if if you've had something like this happen, you know, to somebody close to you, that and maybe maybe we should add a trigger warning at the beginning of this one because I you know this this is not going to be for everybody. I don't think everybody's going to be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. You know, it. But I I love I love movies that make you feel something, and this movie made me feel something. And 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 as, for as much as I hate to think about death, um, I don't know this this. I think it's a it's a beautiful story about a friendship. Mhm. Absolutely. Um. All right. Well, Amanda, you want to go ahead and uh, give us a rating? <laughs> yep. This one, I'll give it a I'll I'll give it a two point five. I'll take it, Brian. I'm gonna give it a two point five. No, you know I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have to give it a three, too. Everything about this film just really just hit home, and it it was powerful. And there's not much else I can say without, you know, rehashing this whole film. But this is a film that you definitely, if you if you want to feel everything, um, just check this out. And obviously this... This recording was obviously a lot of fun just diving into such a film that is dealing with emotions. But, yeah, this is a very somber episode, but I think it's it's needed, you know. So I'm glad that we were able to talk about this film in such a light where, you know, there there's so much to it. And I don't know. I'm just I'm really thankful that we can have this discussion. Thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Man, it's a. Yeah. Uh... It's an incredible film. Everybody should watch this one. Um, but you got to be you got to be in the right mind frame. So and get and, right. and just know that you're going to cry. <laughs> um, but Brian, please, can you tell us uh, your like sh- tell us about your show that you do? Yeah, I, I do. I host a podcast called Pop Culture Leftovers. We just talk about uh, movie news, TV news. We have a heavy focus on the Marvel movies right now. We're just breaking down every episode of WandaVision. And uh, talk a lot about DC, Star Wars news when it does come about. Uh, but yeah, Pop Culture Leftovers, you can find us everywhere. Awesome. Yeah, check them out. They're a great podcast. I've been on there a couple times. It's always a blast. Um, it is not short. So if you're wanting to talk, if you're wanting to listen to a show that's a good length, like it's a good length, it'll get you through a week. Um, check out Pop Culture Leftovers. They're great guys. We, we always love uh, hearing you guys and we love having you on. Um, but yeah, so anything else you, you want to say before we head out, Amanda? Nope, I think I'm good. All right. Well, this was our first drama. Um, hopefully we can uh, spice it up from here and uh, do some other films. We have a great lineup of guests coming um, and starting this off with Brian was just a blast. Thank you again, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. But uh, I guess after that, we'll let you guys go and make sure to check out our bonus review of Malcolm and Marie, which we'll be releasing before this episode. Uh, Make sure to check that out if you want to hear more of Amanda and I and a good friend of ours, Rebecca. So we'll catch you later and uh, keep it real. 